Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. If you could please turn with me to 1 John chapter 2, picking up in verse 1. 1 John, so not the Gospel of John, but the Epistle of John. And the title of our message here this afternoon is Heavenly Advocate. My wife, when she was just a young Christian, she came out here to California She from Scotland. And as she was here, she took a job uh, to work for a painting company. Actually, she lived out in La Habra, and she would take three buses just to you know, go to her different places. And she would go door to door, knocking on doors, uh, cold calling, asking people if they needed their house to be painted. And the funny thing is, they'd ask her, well, what do you know about house painting? And she says, no, I really don't know a thing. I know how to paint my nails, but that's all I know how to paint. <laughs> but she heard on the radio, on, on K-Wave, she heard uh, a message regarding Joshua and how Joshua was given the land. And wherever he put the sole of his foot, the Lord had given him the land. And so she thought, well, Lord, you've given me this land here, and I'm going door to door. So she literally would walk door to door, and she would say, Lord, I'm placing my feet here, and I claim this land here for you. And may the people in this area come to know you in a saving way. So she'd pray over the land as she's, as she's walking and knocking on doors and all, and, and just, you know, trying to, you know, make a few dollars. Fast forward 12 years, when we realized we came out here and the Lord made it clear that we're to, you know, start a work here in Sunset Beach. Sunset Beach not having a, a church in over 100 years. Hopefully you all know that. And we were the first and only church in Huntington Harbor. We'd have a, a Bible study um, every uh, once a week and a prayer meeting at a, a home on the harbor. So we did that. But as we were praying over the land, as the Lord made it clear, this is where you're to, you know, have the work. And God just confirmed that, as most of you know. As we're driving through praying over the land, Kathleen said, Stop. She says, wait a second, this is the land that the Lord had me walk on saying, I claim this land in Jesus' name that you would take this land and you would save these people. And I crack up because I, God is so good that way, isn't he? And I just see, you know, even in the spiritual realm, I wonder how it looked, you know, the angels come looking at this young girl saying, I claim this land in Jesus' name. And they're just probably looking at her thinking, this, she, she's just a crazy girl. She loves Jesus. But then I wonder, even in the spiritual realm, if Jesus said, you know what? And he looked at the angels and said, I'm giving her this land. She's going to be a pastor's wife in, it, in this community that has never had a church in over 100 years. And this land is going to be taken over. God is our advocate. God fights for us. God is the one. And the word advocate, as we're going to look at, is defense attorney. He's uh, the one that fights for us. He's the one that... that um, that protects us from harm, protects us from evil. He's our advocate. And I just want to, before we even get into our text here, if you're in a battle, spiritually speaking, as a Christian here today, I want you to take comfort in knowing God's going to fight for you. God fights our battles. He's our defense. And I've heard, I think it was Pastor Chuck that once said, if you want to fight your battles, God will let you do it. But it's so much better to let God fight your battles. Amen. So as we look at this text, let's be reminded that it's he who fights our battles. So let's take a look. Why don't we stand again, if you can, with me, please. 1 John chapter 2, we're going to look at verses 1 to 6. John the Apostle writes, My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. 
And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not ours only, but also for the whole world. Now by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him, in Jesus, ought himself also to walk just as he, Jesus, walked. Amen? Lord God, we just again ask that you would bring us some application for all of our lives, Lord, with this text. In Jesus' name, amen. John the Apostle, he is writing this, and if you recall in chapter 1, he said, I'm writing this to you that your joy might be full. But now he's saying, I'm writing this to you that you may not sin. So there's different reasons why the Apostle John wrote this. So John wants us as believers to have fullness of joy, but John also wants us to be free from sin. And sometimes we can fool ourselves in thinking, oh, my sin is just hurting me. I'm not hurting anybody else. And I, I might have said that when I was in the world, but the truth is sin hurts everybody. Sin breaks up families. Sin is destructive. Sin can destroy your fellowship with the living God. Sin is terrible. And John is writing this, and he's saying, I'm writing this to you, not only that you'll have fullness of joy, but I want you to realize, and I believe what he's saying, is I want you to realize how terrible sin is, and you, I want you to realize that you can be free from sin. You see, sin is a choice. We have a choice if we're going to sin or not. Sin is up to us. We, we can sin or we cannot sin. It's it's a choice that we need to make, but listen, it's a choice that we need to make every single day. And we can choose to walk the ways of the world. We can choose to walk the ways of our flesh. We can choose to walk in the ways of, of darkness and evil, or we can choose to walk in the Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit and our living God. And so John, he's, he's asking or writing to say, I'm writing this to you that you may not sin doesn't say that you cannot sin. Wouldn't it be nice if there was sinless perfection, if we were all just free from sin? Wouldn't that be beautiful? Wouldn't it be nice you say a prayer to receive Jesus and all of a sudden you don't sin anymore? That's sinless perfection. And we're, we're, we're not like that. When we stop sinning is the day we're going uh, to be up in heaven. And I hope we realize, every one of us as believers, that there's temptation out there that's trying to destroy us. The Bible says that, that Satan walks around like a roaring lion, lion seeking whom he may devour. And he wants to destroy us. And if we, we take the bait, it's destructive. But if we shun the bait, if we shun evil, then God will be with us and he'll protect and help us. But John's saying, beware. I write this to you that you may not sin. Notice also in verse 1, it says, my little children... At this point, when John's writing this, he's, he's in his 90s. Some say he might even be about 100 years old. So it's just a, a way, it's a tender way uh, saying my children like a grandfather would to his grandchildren. He's saying, my little children. And I, I kind of can hear his voice saying this, my, my little children, these things I write to you that you may not sin. And I believe that if John the Apostle was right here, right now, he would be talking to us the same way, saying, little children, 
I'm writing you these things. I, I'm talking to you that, that you won't sin, that you'll, you'll stop in, in the destructive ways, that you'll turn away from those ways of this world, that you'll turn away from the ways of this flesh. But then he says, again, that you may not sin. Again, sin is a choice. It's not that we cannot sin. It's, it's that we, we may not sin, that we would no longer uh, walk in the ways of our past. So he's, he's wanting to make that clear. But then he goes on to say that you have an advocate with the Father. Before I go there, I just want to make sure I point out the fact that sin weighs us down as believers, doesn't it? And God doesn't want us to be weighed down with sin, the cares of the world, the ways of you know, the, our past, because it just weighs us down. It's so much better when we walk in freedom, isn't it? I love the freedom that I have in Jesus Christ, and I hope all of us here do. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. When the Spirit's not working in us, there's heaviness, isn't there? What a difference. When I I used to run track in school, I I loved track. I loved football and track, and those were the, the two areas where I would compete, and it was just a blessing. I just, I really enjoyed, you know, running and just uh, the blessing. I was very competitive and I always, you know, wanted to, to win. I never ran a race with work boots on. I never ran a race with a three-piece suit on. Why? Because I wanted to win. I, I didn't want the weight of those, you know, of heavy shoes. I actually, we'd wear cleats most of the time. The cleats were, they weighed like about two ounces. There was like absolutely no weight to the, to the cleats. And, and that's how you win. You, you dress lightly, and my question for all of us as believers, are, do we want to win this race? You know, some people enter races like the, the Boston Marathon. They, they enter just to say, I ran the Boston Marathon. I competed in the Boston Marathon. And they get a shirt, you know, I ran the Boston. They don't tell you on the, on the shirt, well, I didn't run the whole race. <laughs> I didn't finish the race. I just went in. I competed. I just went in there just to wear the shirt. And I wonder how many as believers do that. They're just, well, I'm a Christian. Well, are you running to win? Are you running to win this race that's set before us? We can win, and John is telling us, if you want to win, you have to let go of sin. If you want to win this race, you got to cut ties with the world, the the worldly past that you had. If you want to win this race, God is going to give you everything you have need of to win this race, but you have to let go. If you're going to go forward, you have to let go of that sin. Proverbs 28, 13 says, He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have, can we say that word together? Mercy. This is our God. If we cover up our sin, we we try to cover it and say, well, I'm not really that bad of a sinner. I'm not that bad of a person. I'm really a good person. How about this one? I hear this quite a bit. You know, God knows my heart. What does that really mean? God knows my You know what it means? Every time that someone's told me that, usually it's like, I'm in sin. I'm going to stay in sin. I want to stay in sin. I'm not that bad of a person. And then I, God knows my heart. God knows that I'm really not that bad. But you're really saying you don't want to live biblically. You don't want to turn from your sin. Because the Bible says the, our heart is desperately wicked above all things. Who can know it? So yeah, God knows our heart. Our hearts are deceitful. And he wants to change our hearts. So if we cover it up, we're not going to prosper. And any one of us here, this applies to all of us. 
And I'm so thankful it doesn't stop there where it says, if you cover your sins, you will not prosper, period. It's not a period, it's a comma, right? But it says, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. We have a merciful God that wants to bless us. Another great verse that goes with this, Luke 5.32, Jesus said, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. In other words, if you think you're right, you think you're good, you think everything's fine, well, then Jesus said, well, I didn't come for you. I'm not calling you. I'm, I'm calling the ones that know that they're sinners and they need to turn away from it. And I'm going to help them. Another great verse that goes with this, talking about sin. I love this one. A righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. You know why I love this? Because we all fall. Is there anyone here that's sinless, have never sinned in your life? Please raise your hand, stand up. We want to give you a standing ovation because only Jesus can do that. But when you fall seven times, number of perfection, number of completion, you just rise up. And maybe that's someone here today. Have you fallen? Rise up. Rise up. Turn back to the Lord. Seek his face again. Seek his will again. Seek his purpose again. Seek after him again. He'll cause you to prosper in the things of him. He'll cause you to be in the center of that perfect will that he has for your life. He's merciful. He's gracious. He's slow to anger. He's quick to forgive. He's right there to help you. But the wicked, they're going to fall by their own calamity. They're going to get caught in that net that they put out for us. The pit that they dug for us, they're going to fall in that pit. You don't have to worry about the enemy. It's God who fights our battles. God is in control. As we talk about sin, I believe it's very important to purpose in our heart that we will not sin against the Lord in those areas of temptation that we fall to. Let me say that again. I believe it's very important that we purpose in our heart not to sin against God in those areas of temptation, those areas that we can fall to. Like Daniel. Daniel probably knew very well the delicacies that were there waiting for him there in Babylon, and he purposed in his heart not to eat of those delicacies before he went to the table. I think it might have been a different story if they put all the delicacies before him and he never purposed in his heart, and then he starts looking at it and saying, well, this stuff looks really good. But no, he purposed in his heart not to do those things before he went to the table. Another good example, if you're like in school and you've, you've, you're sitting there and the professor or the teacher he says, okay, everyone, we're going to have a pop quiz. We're going to see how much you've studied, how much you know. I know I never announced this, but we're going to have a pop quiz. Take everything off your, your desk, just to have a piece of paper and a pencil, and you're there. You haven't studied, right? And the kid next to you is the smartest kid in the class. You know he's going to ace this one, right? And the temptation is there to, to look at his page, and you can see his page from your desk, and the, the temptation's there. Well, right then and there's not a good time to, to wonder, am I going to cheat when I go to school? No. It's so much better before that pop quiz comes, before you go to school, realizing I purpose in my heart, I'm not going to cheat no matter what grade I get. My question is, what areas does the enemy get you? Have you purposed in your heart not to go there anymore? What areas does, does the enemy come in and, and trip you up? Have you purposed in your heart that in that area, I'm not going to sin in that area. I'm going to seek the Lord. I've purposed in my heart not to do that anymore. I believe there's great power in that. Not waiting until the temptation comes and then decide 
because we're, our mind can make up all kinds of excuses why it's okay when God says it's not okay. As we talk about sin, as John's telling us, he's writing this that we may not sin. I want to remind all of us here that the Christian life is not the easy road. Do you guys know that? And I believe some pastors or some uh, different churches can do a dis, uh, can really actually hurt the people when they, they try to say, oh, if you just accept Jesus, it's all going to be prosperous. You're going to be wealthy. You're going to have a good time and it's going to be wonderful. And this is, no, well, the reality is, yeah, you'll have peace and joy and you'll have love. But do we realize it's, it's a difficult road? And I believe it's healthy for us to realize it because when we come against difficulty, we don't just, it doesn't spin us out spiritually. We don't think, wow, I didn't expect this. The pastor keeps telling me it's just, you know, life and prosperity and it's all good and it's never bad and it's just going to be kumbaya from here on, on out. But that's not true. Jesus himself, he said in Matthew seven thirteen, he says, enter by the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who, who will go by it. So the road that leads to destruction, it's easy, it's wide, it's broad. Everybody's on that path doing what they want to do, doing what feels good. There's no absolute truth. Everything is just, it's, if it's good for you, it's okay. But what does he say in verse 14? It says, but narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life. And there are few who find it. If you have a problem with anger, the difficult way is to love that person. That's irritating you. If you have a problem with anger, the, the, the difficult way is, is forgiving them, right? That's the difficult way. The easy way, if you have a problem with anger, is just blow up at them. Just get upset, get mad. Talk about them behind their back. That's the easy way. Everybody can do that, right? If you have a problem with drunkenness or with lust, the, the difficult way is to stay away from those areas that cause you to fall. The easy way is just indulge. It's getting awfully quiet in here. You guys Okay. <laughs> all of a sudden just i could drop a pin right now it's just wow it's true as christians were to strive just for his holiness it's a daily resistance it's a daily resistance to the things of this world we can't do it without the power of the holy spirit just the other day there was workers here they're doing some work up on the roof and so I was out there talking with them, and one of the gentlemen, I think he was the foreman, I was talking with him for a little while. And, and it's interesting, nobody, for some reason, even though there's a cross up there, they don't know what this building is. And so he asked me the same question most people ask when they come over here. They go, what is this building? What do you guys do here? And I said, it's a church. It's like, oh, it's so funny. When you do that, you can tell if they're, usually immediately if they're a Christian or not. You know, If you say, oh, it's a church, they go, oh, okay, thank you, thank you. <laughs> It's like, <laughs> really? Just because it's a church, you're going to run? You know? <laughs> Sometimes I chase them. Come back here. It's okay. <laughs> this guy was like, oh, it's a church. And you could just tell. He's just looking. He's like, nice. And I says, well, you go to church? He goes, yeah. He goes, well, I just started going to church. He said, uh, my wife left me, and this is going on in my life, and that's going on in my life. And I said, well, you're a Christian. He goes, yeah, because I just started, you know, I just started to go to church. And yeah. Then he got a phone call. You notice that happens a lot, you know, so his cell phone rings. He goes, hold on, hold on. He's got to talk, you know, something to do with his work. And so I'm just praying. I'm like, Lord, give me an open door. Help me to 
you know, do you want me to minister to this man and speak to me, Lord? And so I waited till he was off the phone. I went back to him and right away, you know, here I'm praying. He, he looks right at me and says, I need the Holy Spirit. I'm like, man, that was a quick answer to prayer. <laughs> and he says, how do I get the Holy Spirit? And I says, well, according to the Bible, all you need to do is ask. And I said, you said you're a Christian. And so I, I said, can I pray with you? And he says, yeah. And it was so awesome. It was one of those deals. His, his workers are there. They're looking at him and stuff like that. And he's like, yeah. And he's right away. He's closing his eyes. He's like, I could care less what anybody thinks right now. I really need the Holy Spirit. I need prayer. And he prayed and prayed to receive the Lord, prayed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And God touched him in a powerful way. But you know what it did to me? It reminded me, we need the Holy Spirit. Not just when we pray to receive Christ. We need the Holy Spirit every single day. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the engine that drives us. It's the, it's the only way we can live this walk with the Lord. It's by the power of of God's Holy Spirit living in us, empowering us. I believe too often with Christians, they're, they're trying to do this Christian thing. I'm going to be a Christian. It's like, I'm, I'm going to do this. You know, this is, this is you know, I'm going to witness to this person. Hey, you need Jesus. <laughs> I've got Jesus. You need Jesus. And it's like, and it's not in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's kind of like, you know, packing up your, your car to go to church. Get the kids in. If you have kids, you get your wife in the car, you pack up everything, you bring your lunch, you, you put all this stuff in the, you know, this stuff in the car, and then, and then instead of turning the key, you get behind it, you put it in neutral, and you're like, okay, we're going to church, and you start pushing your car. It's like, hey, just get in the seat, turn the key. Let the engine empower it. Let the engine take you to church. Why are you going to go to church, you know, taking and pushing your car? And I, I believe too often as Christians, that's what we can do. It's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to love the people, Lord. I'm just, help me to love them. I hate them, Lord, but help me to love these people. You know, whatever. It's like we can manufacture this love. No, it's, it's by really just abiding in him and allowing the power of his Holy Spirit to empower us to live this life that he desires us to live. We need his spirit every day. There's some people I know that believe that when you receive Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit. Totally agree. That's what happens. We receive the Holy Spirit. But then they think there, there's nothing else. So you never have to pray again for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. That, that's it. You have the Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. No, if you read the book of Acts, it says, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. 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 And I wonder, is the church, the early church needed a continual filling of the Holy Spirit? How about us? We need a continual filling of the Holy Spirit, the empowering of the Holy Spirit working in and through our lives to live this life that we're called to live. Do you rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to give you power over sin? Do you run to him, your advocate? If you look back with me at verse 1, it says, And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. We're all going to fall. We're all going to mess up. And it's not a ticket. We don't have a ticket to sin. But when we fall and when we mess up, we have an advocate with the Father. The word advocate means our defense attorney. It means the one that fights on our behalf, the one that represents us before God. It also means the one who pleads for us, our counselor and our intercessor. That's Jesus. He's our heavenly advocate. When we mess up, he's right there. In the courtroom of heaven, it, it looks a little bit like this, I, I believe. But 
Jesus is our defense attorney, God the Father obviously being the judge, and he's there in heaven. But then also we have an accuser, the accuser of the brethren. I believe it's Revelation chapter 12. It says that the accuser, Satan, he accuses us day and night before the throne of God. And the Father, the judge, says guilty is charged, but my son paid the price already. They're set free. Case dismissed. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.